Hey agents, welcome back to Cash Call, the only podcast where you get real coaching on actual real estate calls and conversations by agents and ISAs just like you. Today, your hosts, Dale Archdeacon of Smart Inside Sales and Brian Curtis of Creative Coaching review your calls, what went well, what areas need work, and discuss strategies for improving your conversion rates. It's Cash Call, Dale Archdeacon, Brian Curtis here, back for another episode of Cash Call. I've missed all of you. I know that you've probably missed us twice as much, uh, but we're back. We're happy to see you, right, Brian? I can't, you know, again, my, my favorite 30 minutes of the week is uh, getting to hang out with Dale and talk about uh, ways to better communicate and close more transactions. So Nice. You're such a kind man. Uh, for me, it's being self-congratulatory as I start the cash call show, which I <laughs> love doing. <laughs> uh, so I have a, you know, it's funny, man. I got a, I got a call that I want to listen to today uh, where we have a newer agent and she runs into a situation where there's someone who uh just registered on the website they're looking at houses apparently they've been talking to different agents and so i want to i want you guys to listen to the way that this gets handled and she's very articulate very smart like you know go get her the thing is that i you and i i want to talk about the elephant in the room right which it, it's it, you were going to hear how there's still the elephant in the room and i think that it just comes from a lack of experience uh so we're going to listen to what happens, how she handles it. And some of it sounds really good. And in fact, I think that some of the listeners would really benefit from listening to the way that she did handle it. But then, I, you know, you and I need to take it even a step farther to, to, to see how this can be handled a little bit better. Cool. And, or, and I've, I've got a good, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say, or more completely. Go ahead, Brian. Yeah. And, and I've got a, a call, you know, by a pretty experienced agent, actually. And the things that I want to point out here is even experienced agents, they, they, they step in landmines. And usually those landmines are the ones that, that they plant themselves and don't even realize it, right? And, you know, because I think as we become more comfortable, you know, the, the agent is a good friend of mine, good guy, smart, you know, very successful. But, you know, I think sometimes we get a little too comfortable. I know I did. I know, like, after a while, I was like, yeah, I'm really good at this, you know? And, and I think sometimes that's almost more likely to bite us in the butt than the agents who like, holy crap, I got to make sure I got all these things checked off or, you know, I'm I'm following a checklist type of thing. So, you know, there's happy mediums in this business. And the thing I would say to everybody is be careful not to get too comfortable or you'll step on the landmine. So, oh yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty good at being cocky. Sometimes it works and sometimes it bites me in the ass. (laughs) That's the thing that really bites you, like, right? Like every once in a while you do something dumb and it works out really well and you go, see? And that makes you want to do it again. I knew what I was doing the whole time. (laughs) Yeah, got it. Perfect. All right, I'm going to just jump in right here like two minutes and something. So we'll skip over the entry, but I I want everybody to hear how this goes. Give me a thumbs up when you can hear it, Brian. And, um, <clears throat> excuse me, have you talked to a lender? Are you, do you know, as far as financing, how you plan to purchase the home? Yeah, we're pre-qualified. Oh, wonderful. Uh, what lender are you working with? Uh, I went to a guy named Johnny Lane. Ah, uh, I know Johnny at Cross Country. Yeah. Yeah, how did you get connected with Johnny? Uh, that is an expert question right there. Yeah. I love that. And so, you know, I I love the opportunity to build commonality, the opportunity to do this. The one thing I would say is, and this is, you know, this is a taking your call from a nine to a 10. If I compare her to him, she's she's like, 
and he's like, well, I met Johnny at yeah. a meeting. So yeah. it, it, we've got to understand, you know, again, uh, the Joe Rico says this, I completely stole it from him. And one day I'll just claim it's mine. But if, <laughs> if, if you're in a conversation, if you're in a if relationship, you claim, if you claim it long enough, Brian, you get to own it. It's like my law marriage. Exactly. Seven years of, you know, openly and notoriously using something, right? That's anyway. Um, but my, my point is this, if it's really, really easy to be the person who acts the way they always act. But remember, part of our job is to make the other person comfortable. So if you're a happy-go-lucky chipper with this, I mean, I love her energy. Believe me, I'd love to have her make calls for me. That yeah. being said, you've got to take that down when you're dealing with somebody who kind of talks like this. And, you know, Johnny is a friend of mine. And da, da, da. Yeah. And so just a little tiny tweak. Yeah. And everybody listening, there's a couple of reasons for that. One, she doesn't sound like him, right? Mm -hmm. So they're off. Yep. They're not, they're not sinking in the way that they talk. So it's clearly different. Uh, and two, people judge you. So if I'm monotone and low and you're happy and bubbly and a salesperson and asking me all sorts of questions, I'm going to judge you in mm -hmm. a certain way. And I'm going to regard our interaction in a certain way. Likewise, if I'm super happy and excited and you are a wet blanket, I'm going to judge you. So you just need to be a little bit closer. I, I, I don't think that she should be wet blanket, but she needs, either. She should tone it down a little bit. Absolutely. And here's something fun. And, you know, this is again, in a pretty advanced technique, match them pretty hardcore and then take it back a little bit closer to who you are and see if they come with you. Because if they come with you, you're in rapport. It's called pacing and leading your pace. You're, you know, you're pacing by following them pace, 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 now I'm going to lead and see if they come with me. And again, if you've never done this before, don't try it on the first time with a lead generation call. Do it, you know, with somebody at the grocery store or the bank teller or whoever. But it's a very powerful technique and it will put people in, in rapport. Here's something that, that's a, that I believe, and it's, it happens on a subconscious level, different equals bad. Now, do I really think different equals bad? No, but on a subconscious level, if you're not like me, my radar goes up. So right. do that. Okay, so let's hear this. Please. Another realtor told us about him. Oh, gotcha. Remember the question was, how'd you get connected to the lender? Another gotcha. realtor told us about him. Now listen to what she does. And I would say that probably half the crowd listening could really, can, can improve their skills from what she's about to do. And this awesome. is very, this is similar to what we teach. She didn't execute it exactly, but pretty close. Yeah. Okay. Um, so are you already working with another realtor? Actually, there's a couple of them calling me and giving me a listing. Good. Oh, okay. Gotcha. So are you committed to any of them or have you signed agreements with any of them? Now, she said, are you committed to any of them? She should have stopped there because she just muddied the waters with have you signed with them. Those are two different things, right? I can be committed to somebody and not having signed with them. Mm -hmm. I can sign with somebody and not necessarily be committed to them. Yeah, so, in the Venn diagram, they don't know they're not 100% overlap. <laughs> yeah, they're not overlapping. They're not entirely overlapping circles. So, you know, we like to teach that you ask one question that you want the answer to at a time. And a powerful question is, are you committed to any of those agents? Because so I, I'm afraid of commitment. You know, I was engaged for like four years before I actually got married. Right. So a lot of us are. Go yeah. ahead, Brian. So here's my, my question for you. And um, one of the things that I will often do is be an assumptive and, and I don't know how you exactly train this. And by the way, you know, be careful, do what works with your personality. But I might have said, well, it sounds like you're not necessarily committed to one agent. Is that correct? So 
I would probably try and plant that seed that it sounds like you're not. And that's just my personal approach. It doesn't, what she did was hundred percent fine, but that's just a, an alternative to, to do the same thing. Yeah. Uh, so I would say for everybody listening, listen, if you can get as far as asking people, you know, staying in the dogfight and asking if they're committed to anyone or, or being assumptive and saying you assume that they're not committed to anyone, you will be improving your skills. Now let's hear what happens. So we'll rewind it to just a touch. Brian and I, of course, being the old uh, experts that we are, uh, have to nitpick. But if you can at least get to this level, you'll be doing pretty good. I'm going to rewind it a touch and start over. Oh, okay. Gotcha. So are you committed to any of them or have you signed agreements with any of them? No. Oh, okay. Um, well, I certainly would love to, to help you as well. How long has it been since you bought a house, Keith? Uh, about 27 years. 27 years. Okay. All right. Now he said, no, she takes it and keeps going right. In terms of the discovery and the conversation, which I would, I say she's doing a good job there. I don't know about you, Brian, but you have to come back around and have this conversation. I think that there's a conversation to be had. Yeah. You know, it, it's, which is why I like the, you know, it sounds like you don't, you're not necessarily committed to one realtor. No, perfect. Well, you know, if, if we have a, you know, if you like what I've got to do, like what I've got to say, I would love to potentially, you know, be your realtor. Does that sound like something reasonable to you? Something to let him know that I am expecting you to commit to me right. or we're not going to work together. Exactly. I think that that kind of conversation needs to happen somewhere here uh, in the conversation. Now, what happens between what we just heard and where I'm going to go to next is she just does more discovery, like the, the what they want, what kind of house they want, what area, et cetera, et cetera, right? So mm -hmm. there's nothing more about agent until we get farther down in the conversation. We can hear it here. Perfect. Two car minimum, if it had like three or four, would you be okay? Well, that'd be awful big, but yeah, if the price is right, yeah. Okay. <laughs> and you said up to 350. Are you guys um, conventional buyers or are you going to FHA or VA? Up to 350, it could be cash. Oh, cash, okay. But you did say you have a pre-qualification from Johnny Lane? Yes. Who, um, just out of curiosity, who gave you, I know you said it was another realtor, but who gave you Johnny's information? Hmm. Do you remember? Uh, Marcy Knaif. Hmm, okay. Knaffel Knaif. Got it. Okay. I'm not familiar with her. Um, well, yeah, I'll, I'd love to get a search set up. And now I've got an email for you of kbtoll at att.net. Is that the yes. one that you check regularly? Okay. Yes, so like you may already have, if you're working with some other realtors, they may have already set up some searches for you as well through my board, but you'll get an email notification about the, they call it the portal. And um, mm -hmm. so you'll get an initial email. You can click on the link and see what's currently listed. And you can actually, when you go in there, you can like favorite, you know, certain properties. You can mark them with a heart or you can do like a trash can next to them if you're like, no, absolutely not. And then as you come across ones that you like. The issue that I have with this is he said, I have a bunch of agents sending me properties and she's talking to him like he's really never received properties before and kind of giving him instruction on it where I would rather want to have a conversation about agent again right now uh, to get it cleared up in this conversation. What do you think about that, Brian? Yeah, um, you know, I appreciate the education of how to use a, a web portal, but 
I mean, it's that's if somebody I think Mm -hmm. I think if somebody wasn't already receiving properties and looking at them, I think that'd be one thing. Yeah. So I want you to hear what she does. And and I'm I stopped it because I already have that feeling like, hey, there's an elephant in the room here that needs to we need to come back and readdress it and isn't getting addressed yet. And and I feel like she's spending her time somewhere that isn't quite as productive. And and by the way, before you hit that plate, and that's that's okay if you don't feel like you've had enough rapport. To have that conversation but that's what this should this is what you should be spending time doing like building rapport and making you know having comfort level not just doing random stuff before i come back to that question there should be a plan in your head that says okay i want to make sure i can build a little bit more rapport and this guy really likes me then i'll ask him to commit to me right exactly like um you can put notes on there that will come to me or you can reach out to me directly and say oh hey sarah you know this one looks pretty good let's go Let's go check it out, and then I can oh. uh, meet you in Teresita there and, and see if it's something that you would be interested in. Um, oh. Do you have, like, a, a pre-approval letter from Johnny? Yeah. Okay, perfect. Um, if we would, mm-hmm. if we were to write an offer on anything, we would just have to make sure we have that in hand um, to send along with the offer. So just want to make sure you had a copy of that. Um, so you say you haven't been out to actually look at any homes just yet. You haven't seen anything that's really caught your interest. Oh yeah. I've looked at, we've looked at many. We drive around all the time looking. Oh, okay. But not like an official, like not on any showings with one of the realtors. Oh, we've had quite a few. (laughs) Brian, I wanted you to, I wanted you to hear this, right? Because for me and you, like, alarm bells have gone off and i'm saying this needed to be addressed earlier and now thank god she stumbled into it and and he's revealed this to her uh, so let's hear what happens oh okay gotcha all right i just haven't found the right one yet right what's been the main i guess um objection if you will in the homes that you have seen is it just the, that not private enough issue? not private enough mm-hmm. gotcha okay all right. Well, I'll definitely do my best and see what I can find. Um, are there questions that you have for me? Okay. This is pretty much where it ends. She just wraps it up, makes sure they have clear contact information. But the guy's been out shopping with lots of other agents, right? And he's talking to you as though he's, uh, I don't even know it's clear whether he thinks he's going to use you or not, right? You're just another cog in the machine as far as I heard in terms of the what's going on there. Yeah. And, I was saying, I think it's a lack of experience on this agent's part where she needs to say, hold on a second. I need to know more about this. You've been out looking at houses with other agents. How are you, are you planning to to leverage the power of one experienced agent to truly help you get through this? Or are you just gonna keep couch surfing with lots of agents? Yeah, and, and so for me, I would probably go show this guy, you know, one time at which point in time I would close him and I would either win or lose. And here's what it would look like for me. After we looked at a couple of properties, I would say, hey, are any of these houses you want to write a house offer on today? No. Okay, perfect. Well, Bob, you know, it's really, I really enjoyed working with you today and I, I appreciate your time. With that in mind, my ability to service people at the level that I feel like they deserve, I can work with somewhere between five to seven clients at a time. Currently, I have some availability. Would you be interested in being one of those people I work with? 
So you're creating a little bit of FOMO and you're, you're saying that I don't have unlimited resources. I'm not like every other realtor who wants to work with a thousand people at a time. You make yourself kind of sound a little bit special. And here's the reality. People want what they can't have. So oh, yeah. that, that little script right there, that it, it works really, really, really well. Here's the thing though. You got to own it if, you, if, it, if it doesn't work. Well, look, yeah. man, I'm, I'm just going to work with whoever finds me the house. Fabulous. You know what, Johnny? Uh, I appreciate working with you today. If you have any questions, I'm always here to answer them, but it sounds like you're not interested in committing to one person. And I get that. A lot of people don't, but uh, that's the only way I work because I really put a lot of time, energy, and effort into every single one of my clients. I'm not just a guy who opens the door. So, you know, because of that, it, it may, we may not be a fit. And yeah. it's a takeaway. If you guys know what that is, you're taking it away and you're saying, I don't need you and in a nice way. So that's where I go. Yeah. You know what? Um, the one caveat that I would give to that from my perspective is uh, knowing what I know based on what this guy has said before I agreed to go out and show him anything, I would want to have a conversation about whether or not he would consider working with one agent versus many. Right. Okay. Now, yeah. Because I just want to know if, is he in the camp that, firmly believes that he has an advantage by working with many agents and won't, won't consider working with one. And occasionally we'll run, run across people like that. I and, have. you know, I think for me, if, if, if I were early in my career and I didn't have shit else to do, and I just be like, I need to get in front of people, even if the guy says, I'm going to work with anybody who brings me the, the deal and I'm not going to commit to any one agent. Okay. I'm going to go show him a house and see if I can win him over. Right or at least maybe get lucky and put the property in front of them. But if I'm farther along in my career, right? Or if, if I have a choice to make and that person says, I absolutely will not commit to one person, then I probably wouldn't, right? I'd move on and I'd find somebody else who, who is open to committing or is, is interested in committing. I think that's the one difference that I would have there. Unless, yeah. you know, like, the, well, I think that's pretty much it. I think that yeah, would be and that's a pretty easy script. Hey, Dale, why don't we go look at this house? And with that in mind, you know, if if we hit it off, if it seems like I'm a good agent and a good fit for you, would you consider, you know, being exclusive with me? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Okay, great. At least I know that there's a chance, you know. And, right. and if he says no, then I'm like, well, you know, I appreciate that, but you know. Again, and then I might go back to my five to seven script again. But uh, yeah, no, I, I agree with you. There's a, it's definite. And, and here's the reason I'm, I'm scared to counsel people the way that you did. All too often, I feel like agents overqualify people and miss huge opportunities. So, you know, again, those of you who are like, I got 27 other people I got to show houses to this week. Yeah, if they don't commit to you, don't. But if you're literally not showing anyone else houses, take a little risk because at the end yeah. of the day, you of know, it, you know, you've got to figure out where you're at on that spectrum. And I've been on both ends of that spectrum where yeah. I had so much business that I could have just gotten that I wasn't willing to waste my time. And I've also been in the time where like, it's just in a way, it's just another form of lead generation going and meeting somebody and trying to convince them that there's a value to work with you. Yeah. There's also something to be said, and I, I want to put this out there that I'm sure you have this too. I have experience, uh, my, both my wife and I have experience of talking to somebody who's like, I'm not going to commit to any one agent. I'm looking for the house. You bring me the house and I'll buy it. <laughs> and we actually went out and found the house for in multiple cases before it hit the market. And we put it in front of this client and they purchased it through us yeah. because we were active in the market. Right. Yeah. And so it absolutely happens that way. So you don't have to get somebody to commit to you. And frankly, 
you know, if you're looking for, you should be constantly looking for properties that, that are coming up or that you can put in front of your clients or that haven't hit the market yet. So hopefully you can get them listed or if even at very least bring the buyer for it. Um, and if you find something, somebody will buy it, right? So it's not a waste of your time to be looking for properties. If you have somebody who's looking for a needle in a haystack, like a property that's half the price that it should be in a desirable neighborhood, that's a no-go. Uh, but, you know, looking for something that is in the strike zone of, of a group of buyers is, is a good time investment. I'll also say this is why I'm a big USP fan. So, you know, this guy clearly doesn't give a rip currently. Maybe he will in the future. Which agent sells him a house? Like, it's not important to him. Like, he's not worried. And you can. And here's the thing. This is Bob. He kind of talks like he doesn't seem like, you know, he's not a guy I'm going to go drink a beer with after we're done, you know, and who knows? Maybe Poor he's guy. completely different in, in person. Who knows? I have no maybe idea. Maybe he's a wild man after his yeah. first beer. Who knows? Right. He, you know, he flips a switch. Who knows? But the other thing is why I like USPs, you know, hey, Bob, I understand that not everyone's willing to commit to somebody. If I could show you a way that working with us through some of the unique programs we have, I can save you between $1,000 and $1,500 on the purchase of your new home. Is that something that would be of interest to you? Not, hey, here's where most people do it wrong. I've got this program. I'm going to save you $1,500. Yeah. No. <laughs> if I could, would you be interested? Right. Make them say yes. Make them commit. Make them say well, I want to know more about that. You know, it's a, it's a teaser, if you will. And by the way, I can't do that. I'm not just making that up. So, you know, that's, that's something to, to understand as well as maybe you just ask a question because remember this, he's, this guy's worked with what 12 realtors or some ridiculously large number. None of them have impressed him. None of them have given him a reason to work with them. Now he may be unimpressible, but maybe they just opened the door and went, let me know if you have any questions. Maybe right. they weren't trained by Dan. <laughs> so, oh, you keep going. You are ready to reach your peak and grow your team. We know it. And that's exactly why we created the Smart Inside Sales ISA Ascend program. Just as every great rock climber needs a belayer to manage their rope and help guide them to the best route to the top, ISA Ascend is designed to take you from free hire to leader of an accomplished ISA department efficiently and safely. It all starts by gearing up as our expert coaches help you prep your business for a productive ISA department before coaching you through all of the best practices for recruiting and hiring. Once you've got that offer letter signed, it's on to targeted training for both your beginner ISA hire and specific leadership group training for you where your coaching will continue, guiding you through all of the unique challenges and triumphs that come your way when you've got a new ISA. ISA Ascend is what you've been waiting for. So let's clip in and start your climb. Check out smartinsidesales.com slash ISA dash ascend to reach your peak. That's smartinsidesales.com slash ISA dash ascend to get your business to its greatest heights with ISA Ascend from Smart Inside Sales. Awesome. Hey, should we play another call or where are we yeah. at time? Do you want to do, do, we do a call or Q&A? Let's do Q&A if we have time. Let's, do, let's put it to a vote. In the chat, do you guys want Q&A or do you want another call? Because you'd have to chat in some kind of question in order for there us go. to do Q&A. Very sneaky, right? So sneaky whoever, there we go, Sue Britton. All right, Sue, what you got? What do you have, Sue? I think there was a guy who was on last time. We didn't get to answer him. I felt bad. Let's see, Sue wrote, Sue wants Q&A. Who else? And feel free to put your Q and your A in there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll do the A and you do the QA. Absolutely. 
Uh, all right, any questions, any issues, um, objections that you're having difficulty with getting ghosted? I love talking about getting ghosted. Yeah. Oh crap, not to do with calls, website, was the average good time for a client to be online? I have no idea, Sue. I don't know how long the average time for somebody to be online is. You know, is you're a, looking for some, yeah, you're looking for someone to spend at least two to three minutes on your website. That's a good, if someone's spending less than a minute on your website, they probably just clicked, maybe looked at the one house that there was a pretty picture and jump back off. You want to see two, three, four minutes and then above, obviously more is good, but I did use your sneaky. What number would you like to be called from? Oh, Sue Excellent. used my get their number script. Thank you, Sue. Sue Brittanil is uh, chatting in for those podcast listeners. We have a script that we use for getting people, getting the phone number of a decision maker or other party, uh, which is a very sneaky way of doing it. Brian, I'll, uh, have you heard the way we, I've done it for you? Yeah, we've, we've done it together. Yeah, we've done it before. Okay, good. Yeah, so basically you use, uh, you just use, you kind of play with their psychology. I, I would warn people that, uh, you know, might be a questionable way of going about it. But essentially, if you know that if you're going to ask somebody for someone else's phone number, the most common response is, I'll yep. give them your information, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'll have them give you a call. <laughs> 99 times out of 100, I'll have them, I'll give them your contact info. So instead of asking for the person's info, you just start by saying, hey, will you give them my info? Yes, I will. Okay, fantastic. Here it is. And it's really important. I want to share this whatever piece of value with them. So when do you think they'll be calling? Oh, I don't know. Okay, great. Well, I'll step out of whatever meeting I'm in just to make sure I catch their call. What number will they be calling from? And I would say probably 50 to 60% of the time, the person will be like, oh, they're calling from this number, blah, 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 blah. Because they are now in a mindset where they can't even think or, or don't even realize that you can just simply take the number and call the person at that point. So. Great that's friend. where the thank you that's where the ethical question comes in do you want to mislead someone into thinking that you're going to wait for the person to call them versus using the number right away you know if you're if you have an ethics concern just say this well if i don't hear from them in the next 24 hours i'll just ring them after they've given you the number i like and, it and just add that in there if you, if you have a concern go. now now yeah. we saw did i did wait until the next day there you go so Super you know wait until the next day that fixes yeah it. there's nothing wrong with that because you know what if they can't take the number back you know right <laughs> you know never mind it was wrong delete it from your memory you know it, it's the, you already got it that so, reminds me when i first started doing mortgages and i'm just like randomly cold calling people who had uh adjustable rate mortgages that were getting ready to reset so i basically call them up and tell them what their mortgage was and their rate was and when it was going to reset and then ask them if they wanted to do a refi and uh you had to get you have to get like date of birth and social security number and all that stuff right so i remember this one time i'm speaking to clearly an elderly uh, elderly woman i get all of her information she gives me like would have given me like her kids birth dates if i wanted those too mm -hmm. and then i was like i could just tell it was so easy that i was like okay mrs whatever I know you just gave me the information. You're safe. Please don't ever give it out to anybody else who calls you randomly. Just, just stop giving out the information, okay? Unless you know who they are. Uh, yeah. So it reminds me of that where I'm like, okay, we we got that. But, uh, oh, man, I got to close that door behind me, make sure nothing bad happens. 
Well, and, 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 you know, from a completely selfish reason, it also makes it easier when the next loan officer calls them. No, I don't give out True. that information over the phone. So, and I know that's not why you were doing it, but no. an, an added bonus. So yeah, I was and, worried and, about the Saudi prince that was going to call her next or the, the, uh, you oh know, the, uh, electric mm -hmm. people that wanted to hijack her or the, the IRS that was going to call her. All right. So it looks like we might have another question. Okay. Hi, I'm an ISA and I have a lead who's looking for five families who all want to move from California to Texas in the same new build development. I did a bunch of discovery. When I attempted live transfer, she said she needed some more time. We made an appointment for me to call her again in one week. My goal was to transfer her to at least to at least an appointment for her to Zoom with an agent. What are other things I should do prepared? Okay, so here's something that you could do. And Dale, I'm sure you'll have some thoughts as well, is you could do a three-way call and have the other have the agent on there right when you call. Um, hey, this is this is Brian. We're just following up. You said that you wanted to, you know, we're, we're going to have this call this week and da, 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 I've done some research for you. By the way, I've got Bob, who's an agent, and he's very familiar with the subdivision on the line with me. That would be one way you could do it. Now you're not transferring. Yeah. You know what I'd want to do is I'd almost want to role play with Lori just to see how she tried to set up that live transfer. Um, because uh, I can say this. If you say things like transfer or connect you to, or if you call attention to it, like you're going to take them and you're going to stick them into a conversation with another stranger, people tend to be resistant to it. So I like to think of it as like the cocktail party methodology. So imagine Brian and I are at a cocktail party. I just met Brian. We're standing there talking and I'm like, hey, Brian, you know what's crazy, man? I would like to put you in touch with this mortgage person who's going to take some information from you and talk to you for a while and hopefully sell you a mortgage. Can you, can you, can we do that now? Brian's going to be more like, Oh, hold on a second, Dale. Right. Or yeah, if I'm yeah. like, I'm going to transfer you over to this person. It sounds like a whole new conversation, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. So instead, if you do the cocktail party method, just imagine that your lender or your agent is just happens to be walking by at the same time you see them out of the corner of your eye. So it sounds more like this, Brian, you know what? All oh, that sounds fantastic, man. And you know, the best way to help you is I have a neighborhood expert who knows all about that development and could probably give you some good advice or send the exact properties that you need to see. Let me see if she's available to talk right now. Hold on a second. And I'm just going to put you on hold. There's no asking you if you want to do it. I'm just going to do it. And usually people will wait, believe it or not, they're not going to hang up. And let me, let me be, here's a super advanced, like, and I don't, I haven't been an ISA in a long time and I've never officially been an ISA, but if you're an agent who doesn't have an ISA, you're an ISA. So if you can also like get that person on the phone before you ask if you want to have them on the phone, like, you know, I don't know about you, but most of those systems I could text Dale and say, Dale, I've got a hot lead for you. Can be, can you take a call right now? Yeah, you can potentially do that. And, and if the answer is yes, call me. And I'm literally just going to merge that person in when, when that happens. And again, this is, a, this is a tricky technique, but hey, I've got Bob and he's... He, He's available, and I, I was just checking, and he's an expert in, you know, Jones subdivision over here with all these new builds. He's sold seven or eight of them. He knows exactly what he's talking about here. I would really like to connect him in, you know, so I'm going to do that now if that's okay. Yeah. Did and, we, and, yeah. So yeah, I, I think that's a, a good strategy as well, uh, provided that you can patch them in that way. 
Um, yeah, and it depends on the system you're using. There's lots of different dialers. There's lots of different systems. Some of the things, some people are like, my system don't do what Brian's just said, and that's okay. But it's just an, an option out there. If you've got the technology, make sure you're you're u- utilizing it, I guess you're doing yeah. that. I think we should, I don't know if we read the full chat here, and uh, my marketing team is going to yell at us about the podcast if we don't read what the chat said. Did you read what the chat said? So that we I did. I'll read it again. Oh. Hi, I'm an ISA, and I have a lead who's looking for five families who want to move from California to Texas in June 22, so next year, and they all want to live in the same new build, new development new build development. I did a bunch of discovery. When I attempted to do a live transfer, she said she needed more time and we made an appointment for me to call her again in one week. My goal will be to transfer her to it or at least make an appointment for her to Zoom with one of our agents. What other things should I be planning for, prepped with, thinking about when I make this call? Yeah, there we go. Uh, oh, so let's actually answer the question then because I we were pontificating on how she attempted to do the quote live transfer and honestly, I would get rid of the, the terminology live transfer. Never say that. Nobody wants to be transferred, right? Yeah, uh, that sounds horrible. Am I going to make a queue? <laughs> yeah, right, right. Let's say live connection. Or, you know, yeah. I, I attempted to make a live connection. It didn't work. And you do it without pointing out that that's what you're doing is my advice and Brian's advice. Um, so the goal would be what other things should I be planning for prepared with Uh, thinking about when I make the call, meaning the call back to the lead who said they needed more time. One thing, Lori, that I would have done before you let this person off the phone is figured out what they needed a week for, right? Brian, you tell me, you, I want you to object to me in this way. Hey, Brian, you know what? Let me see if my area expert's available. She knows all about that development over there. and can probably send you over the current list of active properties. Hold on a second. Let me see if she's available. No, I, you know, right now I don't have the time to do that. Um, realistically, I, I think I need about a week to go ahead and, and, you know, I need some time before I'm ready to talk to, to somebody about that. Oh God, it sounds like you have some things to do. So during, uh, what, what do you need the week for, Brian? What will you be thinking about? Whether or not you're actually going to make the move or whether this is the right development to look at? But again, I said there was five families, so I kind of really feel like we need to coordinate all of these. I, I mean, I've kind of been the person put in charge, but at the end of the day, I don't get to make a decision for the four other families. Got it. And is that a decision about getting information about what developments are here or a decision about whether you guys are even going to make the move? I feel like we're going to make the move. I just don't know if it's going to be this subdivision or a different one. Got it. Okay. Well, listen, Brian, we can help you with any of those. My area expert has all of the developments that are available currently. And what wouldn't it be great if you could go back to your group with a bunch of options? Yeah, that sounds great that, you know, because who knows, this place looks fabulous online, but, you know, sometimes I hear that they take really good pictures and the houses aren't quite as nice as they look online. So you would be surprised. Okay, let me see if she's available. She'll talk to you for five minutes and send you over everything that you need to put in front of your group so you guys can make decisions. Hold on a minute. Perfect. Now, I, Lori, uh, maybe she said, maybe this person said why they needed more time or didn't, but I just gave everybody the example of what you do when somebody says, not yet, I need to talk to somebody else or I need longer. All I did is I kept giving Brian two options, which was do it at all or do it this way, right? Or do it with this person or do it at all. That's all I'm doing is I'm breaking it apart. I'm not asking him, what do you need to talk about? I'm asking him, do you need to talk about X or do you need to talk about Y? And he's going to pick either X or Y, or he's going to tell me what the alternative is. Yeah. And let's nerd that up a little bit because I'm pretty nerdy. What Dale's doing is what's called a double bind. And what a double bind is, is I don't care what their answer is. 
Right. So the answer in essence to me is yes, either way. Would you like to look at a house today or tomorrow? I don't give a rip when you want to look at it. I just want to make sure you look at the house with me. So whatever question, you know, is, it, is this something you're, you're going to do for sure? Or is this something that you, you need to talk to these people about? Oh, I need to talk to, okay. So what are you going to talk to them about? Is it, is it about location or is it about the number of houses? You know, is it, there's, we're just giving them all these other options. And if you notice that the answer to that question is never no. Right. And that's why it sets it up because people, they sometimes will get frustrated because they want to, but most of the time they'll just go through and answer your questions. This or this, this or this, this or this, this or this. And you're doing discovery and you don't even, they don't even realize it's just bam, bam, bam. Cause it's easy to answer the question. Right. Yeah. And it, it really works exceedingly well. And that's one of my favorite techniques and it works in almost every situation. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And even in this role play, ultimately what you said was, I have to talk to everybody because I'm not sure about this development. Well, I just changed it from this development to all the developments and even made it, gave you a value statement by saying, wouldn't it be helpful if you went back to them with more, more options? Right. I never thought of that, <laughs> you know, because right. exactly. I didn't see the other developments for whatever reason, you know, and, you know, in that market. So yeah, love it. Um, that was, that was beautifully done. And, and by the way, Dale and I didn't practice this. So I, it was just, this is the, what we do over and over and over again. And, you know, I think a lot of people get caught up in scripts. I don't know if you noticed there, but Dale didn't really use any scripts. And that's the beauty of doing things like this, because I didn't, I don't need to know the script. It's just, it's right. just a set of questions, set of questions, that's, set of that's questions. Why, that's why I always find it so hard when uh, like, you know, if we're going to be asked to speak on stage or something or do some kind of live event and whoever the host or moderator is, is not like on our level. And they're like, Hey, can you talk about a great script for whatever? Or, you know, people want to know the best scripts that are working right now. And you're like, that is a oxymoron, right? <laughs> the best things that are working right now are not scripts, right? They are they are strategies for realistic conversation, understanding who you're talking to and what their needs and wants are that yeah. are packaged as a no. Yeah, and, and here's the thing: Does Dale have some scripts? Yeah, he's already he told you he told you two or three scripts earlier. You heard my five to seven people I can work at a time script. But at the end of the day, even if I didn't have those scripts. I have process and that, that process is what carries me through. And if you're a person who can sit down and read 50 things and memorize it, great. But most of us hate that anyway. We try to use the script and who do we practice it on? I practice it on Dale as my client. So again, I'm not anti-script. It's just that's not the, the, the people who are really good at sales. They know some scripts, but it's not the only thing. They know techniques, they know models, they know they know strategies. And that's what really, first of all, it makes it easier for you because you don't have to go, crap, what script am I supposed to say here? <laughs> so, <laughs> Exactly. All right, everybody. Thanks for sticking with us. I, the, uh, you're, very, you're very welcome, Lori. I wish you luck. I almost wish I could be there uh, when you make the call. In fact, please get it recorded, bring it back here. We'd love to hear the result of that. Um, Absolutely. But, Thanks for joining us, everybody, on Cash Call. We'll see all of you next week. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for tuning in for today's Cash Call replay. Want your call to be reviewed by Dale and Brian on a future episode of Cash Call? Click on the link in the show notes to submit your call. We can't wait to support you.